0: Chapter 18 It seems we struck this alliance in the nick of time, don't you think, yes? Geddon said, looking over the table in front of him. The watch had delivered everything they had found at the smithery. But as Jenner's cursory check had turned up, there was nothing to connect Whitman Gaines to any kidnappers or slavers. The workers who survived said they had never seen the guy before. Blackwell, the man who owned the company, had just met him earlier in the week and had been asked to see Mr. Gaines on behalf of a friend. Not a friend I'll be listening to a second time, Blackwell told the watch when he had been brought in for questioning. It turned out his friend owed another person a favor who had known Gaines. And that person was found dead, his house burned to the ground in the hive. Christian was seated at the table opposite Geddon, reading over some of the materials, while Jenner talked with Linus and Mao. Erica listened in, but Mina was trying to keep her entertained, so her attention was divided between her friends and Mina. "'Watch this,' Mina said for the dozenth time, this time doing a cartwheel, then smiling at Erica for approval. Erica gave her a half-hearted smile, but it was superficial. She was still thinking about what happened two days ago. Her hearing had returned, but it was the images in her mind that she wished would go away. She kept seeing Gaines looking at her in shock, trying to hold his stomach in, his hands clawing at his intestines. Everyone had told her that it was not her fault. The cannon had gone off from the impact when she hit the ground. In, and some of the watch even told her it had been a good thing. Later, after they had slept a day, Mal sat down with Erica and told her it was never easy to take a life. The first time you kill someone, it's, it's hard to forget, Mal said. Have you killed men before? Erica asked. Women, too. You will find there are people in this world who would take what they want because they feel entitled to it, or because they want it, or for no other reason than they can. Mal leaned back in her chair, her eyes drifting up to the ceiling, blinking her misted orbs. You should know this, Erica. Killing is easy, but it never gets easier. People will tell you that killing is hard. It's not. People are killed every day, I dare say every hour. It's been going on before I was born and it will continue long after you've passed on. Friends who know me well say I'm blessed because I've never had to look into the face of the people I kill. But that's a lie. For my imagination is vivid and my mind's eye is clear, and I see the dead in my thoughts, whether I know what they look like or not. You're not really helping me feel better, Erica said, wiping her red-ringed eyes. Who said this was going to make you feel better? I want you to understand what happened. You killed that man accidentally. That won't make you feel any better, but to- but it is important all the same. And that man was trying to kill us because he wanted to. We didn't attack him. He wasn't defending himself. If that gun hadn't gone off, I have no doubt you and Jenner would be dead. Do not cry for those who deserve death, as Gaines did. Christian told me that, Erica said. Did he? Mal asked. Well, he said Gaines was a bad man, and if we hadn't killed him, the watcher the king would have, and that I shouldn't feel bad about it, Erica said. Well, that sounds like something Christian would say, Mal said, her lips curving towards up at the corner. But that's not what you wanted to hear, am I correct? Erica nodded. You've been forced to grow up very fast, dear, Mal continued. Before this is done, I would be lying if I said you wouldn't find yourself in a situation like that again. I know. Once, months ago, Jenner asked us if we were sure this is what we wanted. Christian knew for sure, but I just nodded because I I wanted to stay with Christian. And now... Now I feel stupid for thinking how simple I thought all this was going to be in my head. Even when Jenner had us hide in that carriage and fake our deaths, or when we fled from that assassin, I, it still didn't click with me. When Fatima died, I didn't even feel sorry for her. I was just sorry we'd never spend another day together. I was I was so selfish. You've chosen a path that few your age have to. Do you regret it? n-no, do you feel better? I feel like a baby who needs to be taken care of. I hear you were perfectly capable of taking care of yourself. That's not what I meant. I know, but you're allowed to feel that way the first time you're confronted with this kind of experience. Mal said, rising from her chair. It's the next time that you have to remember what I just told you, and be strong. Erica? Erica? Huh? Erica said, looking around. Mina was tugging on her shirt. She realized she was staring at the wall as she remembered the conversation she had had with Mal. Are you feeling all right, Erica? Mina asked. Yes, yes, I'm I'm sorry, Erica said, blinking her eyes. I'm sorry, I haven't been a very good playmate, have I? It's all right, Mina said, smiling. Back at the table, Jenner and Mao were listening to Geddon talk about his findings. While you were busy with Mr. Gaines, I followed up with some rumors I had heard a while back. There's a couple right in the country that have been rumored to be working in illegal goods, who buy and sell children from time to time. They have a bit of money and are well connected with the watch, so finding evidence against them has always been difficult, but I thought you might have a better time of it. And why is that? Jenner asked. Well, it so happens that they are both avid theater buffs. Pollen and Deborah Bedeen. They go out two or three times a week. Leaving their house empty or, if social gatherings are your preference, Geddon said, gesturing at Jenner, you could always introduce yourself to them at the next show and weasel information from them that way. Either way, you should be able to turn something, yes? What do you say? Jenner asked, looking to Mal. "'I'm willing to look into it, "'seeing all of your leads have ended with blazing results,' "'Mal said, looking at Jenner with an irritated glance. "'Not my fault,' Jenner said. "'I agree with King Geddon,' Christian added, "'rising from his seat and picking up his crossbow. "'Let us look in on this couple,' Nothing else has really given us anything. Excellent, I'm sure we'll find something, yes, Geddon said. I'm sure we'll find something, Christian replied. They made their way back to their house, Erica bidding bidding goodbye again to Mina. The Bedines had fine taste in theater, much to Jenner's enjoyment. They used the information from Geddon to find their residence, and then it was only a matter of finding the next show they were going to attend. Jenner had talked to his friend Filligan, catching him up at his house a couple days later. He learned that while Filligan knew of the Badines, they did not go to the dance hall. Their theater of choice was Armano Coliseum in Uptown. It was a high-profile establishment meant for large-scale dramas and opera. Nothing bawdy or comical. They ran regular shows, open every day of the week, saving opera for the weekends. Philigan was sure the Baudines were in attendance twice a week. Jenner thanked his friend and had gone back home to discuss plans with everyone else. He and Erica would attend a show, being sure to have seats near the Badins, so that they could get to know them better. A request through Filligan to the Armano had seen to that. Meanwhile, Mao and Christian would sneak into the house to see if any information regarding the missing children could be found. It took two nights of spying before they observed the couple leaving their estate. During the previous nights, they saw that the Badins had very few visitors, at least at night. From what Jenner could tell, they seemed to have a maid and one other staff member. They let time pass until the Badeen carriage was out of view before Christian and Mao disembarked from their, from their own, leaving Jenner and Erica to follow the couple to the theater. When Jenner and Erica arrived at the theater, It seemed they still had a fair amount of time before the show began. Jenner had chosen a purple suit with a white tie and a red vest. Erica wore a green dress that Jenner commissioned for her. Erica had been disappointed when she found out that while Jenner could dress for the occasion and still wear his sword, it was not looked upon by ladies to wear a weapon belted to their evening wear. She had begged Jenner, but he said it would raise too many eyebrows. She sighed again as they left the carriage, an usher coming by to move it to the back of the theater. With that done, the two of them walked into the theater. Excuse me, sir, I believe you're holding two tickets for a Jenner repulsed, Jenner said as they approached the foyer of the theater. The young man behind the counter, dressed in red and gold liveries designed to match the themes of whatever tonight's show would be, nodded and read over his list. Here you go, sir. Please enjoy the show, the man said, handing the two tickets over. Jenner nodded, glancing at the tickets before handing one to Erica. Egads, I apologize in advance for the mind-numbing experience that awaits you, my darling dancer, Jenner said, letting out a deep sigh. Why, what is it? Erica asked, raising her ticket to take a look. "'Standing for Heathrow. "'Is that the name of the play?' she asked, looking up at Jenner in confusion. "'I generally don't sully the name of plays by placing this one among them, but yes. "'I prefer to call it by its real name, two men standing around going nowhere. "'It's dreadful, rubbish!' It was bad 18 years ago when I had to learn it, and I doubt it's improved with age. But there are so many people here to see it. It can't be that bad, Erica said. Dancer, I dare say half these people are here because they have the money to be here, and they get to be part of the social circle by being here. The other half are here because they tell themselves they like this existential nonsense so they can feel smart and look down at the people who don't get the play, even if they themselves don't get it either. You haven't called me a dancer since we trained at your mansion. I know, it just came to me a second ago. I like it. Excellent. Shall we find our seats, dancer? We shall. With that, Jenner offered Erica his elbow, and they walked off together to find their seats. So, you are blind, and I can barely be quiet walking across a carpeted floor in my bare feet. How did you and Jenner decide we would be the best two people to sneak into a house that still has people in it? Christian posed the question to Mal as they huddled together in the shadows of a shed on the Badeen property. Because the two of us would look even more out of place in a theater, socializing. And anyway, it's dark. I can't see any worse than normal. Now, be quiet a moment while I finish formulating a plan. Mal thought for a bit while Christian kept an eye on the house. There only seemed to be one other person inside, as a few minutes after the Bodines left, the person Christian guessed was the cook left for what he assumed was home. He could see oil lamps burning in the living room, and the maid appeared to be sitting at a desk working. Jenner had maids at his mansion, correct? Mal asked. Yeah, Christian said. Three uh, around my age, and an older one. And he also had a butler and a cook. And were you able to observe the maids? Mal asked. Uh, yes. Do you think you could pretend to be a servant? Mal continued. Oh, yeah, definitely. Christian looked at Mal for a moment. Wait, whose? The Baudines. But they have a servant. I would think the maid knows who works for them. Well, maybe they were thinking of hiring a new servant, another one. And what, I just show up out of the blue? Well, maybe you had a meeting and you show up now. Some sort of scheduling conflict came up. We get inside, we wait around. I don't think so. I mean, I don't buy it, Christian said after a moment. Well, look at it this way. Do you think the two of us can sneak in unnoticed and make any type of earnest search without causing a ruckus or somehow overpowering or subduing the maid? Oh, well, probably not. And from what Jenner was able to find out about the Badines, they're older, they're new money, and they don't have any kids. New money? Yes, they recently came into wealth, but they weren't raised with it. So they most likely are indulging in things they feel the rich should indulge in, like theater. And servants, Christian added. How many servants did Jenner have? Mal reminded. Point taken. They probably have a sense of entitlement as well. And if the maid is new, she probably wouldn't know if they had plans to hire other servants. And being without children, they might have a streak of selfishness or some sort of snobbiness to them. We can only hope they're picky as well. If these things are true, and the maid knows any of them, it all plays to our advantage. Ah, uh, I mean, it is better than the alternative, Christian said after thinking it over. The thought of having to overpower the maid did not sit well with him. It was not her fault. "'Shall we try it?' Mal asked. "'All right,' Christian said, standing up. He checked over his person, taking his crossbow and handing it to Mal. She stored it in her backpack under her robes. He straightened his outfit out, tucking his shirt in and straightening his cuffs. "'Hold still a minute,' Mal said, reaching out with her hand until she found his shoulders.' then held his shoulder with one hand as she spit in the palm of the other, then proceeded to slick Christian's hair down. Christian made a face, but otherwise remained calm, having endured it for years from his mother. Being a magir will play to our favor anyway, being a figure of authority, Mal said as they approached the front door. Christian led the way, stopping at the door and knocking. A few minutes later, a young woman answered the door. Christian stared at her in curiosity. Seeing her up close now, he had never seen anyone like her. Her skin was tanned, almost red, and she had stark white hair that was bound in braids down her shoulders. She had dull amber-colored eyes that were large and round like teacups. Yes, may I help you? she said in a low, husky voice. I am here to see Mr. and Mrs. baudin They contacted me about a servant for their abode, Mal said, pushing Christian forward as she spoke, walking into the house. The maid backed to the side, looking flustered for a moment. "Ah, uh, pardon me, madame, but the masters of the house are out right now. We can wait. We didn't come all this way out here to walk back with nothing. Deborah was quite exact about the date and time. But, uh, it may be. Your name, miss? Mao asked, turning toward the voice. Cretessa, madam. What part of Arcturus are you from, Cretessa? I can't place the accent. Oh, Jehail, madam, Cretessa said the nervousness ebbing from her tone. "'Then do you know how to make flan Cretessa?' "'Yes, madame, it's our village's specialty. "'I know. "'Would you be a dear and make some while we wait "'for Mr. and Mrs. Badin to arrive? "'It's been many years since I travelled to Jehale, "'and the dessert would do me well to remember its beauty.' "'Yes, um, of course, madame,' Cretessa said showing them into the den, asking that they wait there until she returned with drinks, and she would put a pot on the stove for the flan whale. That was amazing luck, Christian said once Cretessa left the two of them alone. Don't confuse luck with knowledge. Unless she was from one of the more obscure islands in Milan, I could have named a local dish that a native should know. Christian just looked at Mal, who continued to impress him the way she carried herself. I do have one question, Christian said. What do we do if the Bodines actually do come back while we're here? We make absolutely sure that does not happen, Mal said. Speaking of which, you should look around the area for anything that might be a clue. I'll let you know if I hear Katessa coming. Christian nodded, getting up and walking over to the credenza in the corner. Erica was beginning to rethink her views on theater. It seems like they had been sitting up in their booth for hours, and all that had happened on stage is a man, a woman, and what looked like two men in a dragon suit had come out to talk to the two men standing around by a signpost, who were awaiting the arrival of a fellow named Heathrow. She was envying Christian and Mal sneaking around right now. To their benefit, the boredom drove her to strike up a chat with Mr. baudin soon after her tolerance for the show reached its end. The gentleman seemed about as engaged as she did. Erica introduced herself and Jenner, who was feigning interest in the play as if it was one of the greatest shows he had ever seen. Mr. baudin smiled and shook her hand introducing himself and his wife, Deborah. Mrs. Bodine seemed mesmerized by the play, but Jenner noticed the look of someone staring at a show because that is what they felt they should be doing, not through any love for the material. "'So do you go to a lot of these things?' Erica asked. "'Oh, once or twice a week, sometimes more,' Pollen said. "'They're not always as, um, intellectual as this one, but... They're generally a good time. This is my first time at this theater, but it seems nice. Have you been to the dance hall? Erica asked. Oh, used to go there lots, but Deborah feels we've outgrown it, so not as much of late. Paul Bl- leaned in closer to Erica. Between you and me, the dance hall has a better show. Colin, please be quiet during the production, or you'll miss something important to talk about later, Mrs. Bodine chimed in, not taking her gaze from the stage. Let's talk after the show, Erica said. I'm sure your wife would love to hear some of the insights from my teacher. He's a great patron of the theater. That sounds excellent, child, Mr. Bodine said, wiping a little sweat from his brow then turning back to face the show. The play wound its conclusion. Erica was even more disappointed that the Heathrow fellow never even showed up. She did not know what the point had been. Bravo, bravo, excellent, Jenner exclaimed, clapping his hands together and standing up. The broom, who knew, how risky, magnificent. Mrs. Bodine rose as well, clapping. After a few seconds, the rest of the audience was up and adding their applause. Erica had to stifle a giggle, looking at Jenner gushing affection for the show. She got up and started to move toward the exit. The Bodines moved to follow, Jenner exiting last, on their tails. What a sight. Wasn't that performing... Performance's use of geoism poignant, Jenner said, speaking to the Badeens. "Oh, Are you a theater connoisseur? Mrs. Badeen asked. I am a man of unusual tastes. Theater is a taste I count among them, yes, he said, taking Deborah's hand and offering her a kiss upon the back of it. This time Erica did giggle. But it was lost over the noise of other people exiting their booths. Mrs. Baudine seemed smitten. What was your name, sir? she asked. Jenna Repulsed, Madame. And you? Deborah Baudine. Charmed. Likewise, I assure you. So, what's your favorite production of the season so far? I've always been fond of tragedy, but this might be my new love, Jenner continued, talking to Mrs. Bodine about the show, while Erica and Mr. Bodine trailed behind. They spent a fair amount of time discussing shows, but before talk turned to local interest. They learned that Mr Bodine had received a significant amount of wealth, but both of them were tight lipped on what exactly gave them the profits. Dabblers, mainly. A little of this, a little of that. Smart investments. You you know how it goes, Mrs. Bondine said. But uh, even to dabble like that takes a large amount of coin up front, with which to dabble with, does it not? Jenner asked. Deborah's mother, Pollen said. She passed away and left us a small nest egg. Nothing monumental, mind you, but, uh, you know, enough to get the ball rolling. The god must favor you to bless your investment so quickly, Jenner complimented. Erica made a comment here and there, but after a few minutes, she realized she was doing more to inhibit the flow of information than help, Jenner being in control of where the conversation went and the exchange of the words. She resigned herself to listening, picking away at some leftover appetizers that were still out in the foyer after the performance had ended. They had lost track of time until an usher approached them and hinted that the performance for the night was long since over and that they would be shutting their door soon. Jenner steered them towards the door, where their carriages were waiting for them. "'You must come and visit us sometime,' Mrs. Bodine said to Jenner. "'I insist.' "'I will see when I can fit it into our busy schedule,' Jenner promised." bowing low and again kissing Deborah's hand. Erica waved goodbye, and Mr. Bodine doffed his hat to the both of them, before he climbed into the carriage, heading off into the night. "'They don't seem like bad people,' Erica said once they reached the private confines of their own carriage. "'No, uh, other than being a fish out of water, they had no interests or stories that set off any alarms.' though there's something about the money, to be sure. How do you mean? Erica asked. Well, even with a large sum of money, it takes years upon years to have it turn into a profit through nothing but investments, especially the kind of money they let on to having. So do you think they're slavers? Erica countered. I think, Dancer, that there's definitely more to their story than they're letting on. We'll have to see what Christian and Erica what Christian and Mal find out from there. Cretessa, you are a model hostess, Mal said, lifting a teacup, taking a sip of the warm, seasoned milk that Cretessa had cooked up. And I simply adore your flan You must tell me the recipe. Of course, madame, Cretessa said beaming at Mal, They had spent the evening in conversation, Mal asking the questions, and Cretessa all too eager to have someone to talk to. Mal found out she had moved to Bothwell because the wilderness of Arcturus disagreed with her. But funds had run dry, and she found herself in a city where her farming skills were not as useful as they had been back home. Of the jobs she could do, housework felt best to her, though she often detested her master's treatment of her. She did not like being treated like a servant, she confessed. She had planned on quitting, but few of her people entered her lifestyle, so they were in high demand and could charge fees that were above that of normal servants. All the while, Mal nodded and complimented her, keeping her attention on her, while Christian more or less had a run of the house. He had asked to use the bathroom and had been gone ever since, but Cretessa did not seem to notice. He had searched most of the house, it being a simple one-story affair. None of the doors had been locked, and no pets encountered to alert Mao and Cretessa to his movements. Everything had seemed in order. He found the ledgers regarding the wealth they had acquired, but it all seemed normal. Talks of bankers and trust funds and accounts... He thought back to the paperwork he had seen when he had gone to the bank with Jenner. He even checked usual hiding places. Loose boards, under the bed, between drawers. All the places his dad had taught him about when searching for clues at crimes. They had some cash hidden away, but nothing that looked illegal. The most questionable item he had found was a box of Milan pipes and a small stash of Darhees flora he recognized from the watch house. He slinked back into the den where Cortessa was telling Mal about growing up in Jehale. "'You know, Cortessa, I think you were right. My ward and I shall return another evening. We've taken up more of your time than is thoughtful,' Mal said, standing up and beckoning Christian to her. "'I do not understand what keeps them. They usually return by this time,' Cretessa said, fretting a little, checking the window." "'Are you worried about something?' Mao asked. "'I often see Mr. Badin spying out the window, looking for something. "'I've never asked him about it, but he watches the streets often. "'Are they in some sort of trouble?' Mao asked. N- "'Not that it's any of my business.' "'I do not know,' Cortessa shrugged. "'Maybe I just worry too much, and I should not.' It's all right, child. It's the sign of a competent servant, one that worries for her masters. Thank you, madame. Think nothing of it. Come, young sir, we must be off. I'll be sure to let Mr. and Mrs. Boddy know that they missed you. Oh, heavens no, child. I will contact them. They probably had such fun at the theater tonight, I, I wouldn't want to ruin their night out by making them... Realized that they had forgotten the appointment. I will just mention something about a servant to Mrs. Baudine the next time I see her. Oh, well, if, if you say so, Madame, Cretessa said, showing them to the door. Oh, I insist, Mal added, patting Cretessa on the shoulder. Take care. I will, Madame, Cretessa said, waving at them from the doorway, then closing it. Well, Mal said as they walked down the sidewalk to the fence. Nothing. No notes, ledgers, sales, records, locations, anything. They don't have records of owning any other property in Balthwell. No vacation homes or investments? Not a one. They don't even have any bills that would point towards care of children. Not even any records of sales that sound bogus. The closest thing I found and questionable was some pipeweed. Crutessa mentioned that Mr. Bodine often watches the window, Mal said. And do you think someone is after them? Christian asked. Well, people on the look for something are generally expecting it. I guess I want to know what Mr. Bodine is expecting. Well, maybe Jenner and Erica had better luck. Christian volunteered. Well, let's hope so, Christian. Let us hope so. Well, I guess we need to do a little more checking, Jenner said. It was mid-afternoon the next day. Mao and Christian had gone to sleep by the time Jenner and Erica rolled in the night before. They sat around going over what they had found. Christian had written a detailed account of what they had seen at the house. Although, now I'm convinced there is something up with their money, Jenner said. Do you think they stole it? Christian asked. Maybe. Maybe they stumbled into some sort of slaving inner paranoid that the watch is going to show up at their door, Jenner continued. They seem rather nice, Erica said. Well, I mean, this is real life. The bad guys don't all have handlebar mustaches and black top hats and monocles. And the good guys don't always ride in on white horses with blonde hair and garments that are blown by the right amount of wind under their arms. I know that, Erica said, sticking her tongue out at Jenner and making a silly face. We should tell the king what we found. Maybe it was just a bad lead, Christian said. I agree with Christian, Mal added. We can see if he has any other leads. Erica let out a sigh, letting her face sink into her hands on the couch. Christian scooted over next to her and put an arm around her shoulder. Do not lose hope, Erica. We will find your sister, he said. Thanks, Chris, Erica replied, taking a deep breath. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 apiece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at josephporthos, or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, Signing off.